welcome to the Drawn Today podcast, where we encourage you to draw every day. In this episode, we'll be discussing ideas and advice for graduating students, things that they can think about to make sure that they have a long and prosperous career. Drawn Today podcast. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's been a while. On uh, today's episode, we have Mark Harchar. Mark? Hi, I'm Mark Harchar. If you want to see my stuff, you can check me out on Facebook at The Art of Mark Harchar or my website, markharchar.com. And we got Alan Douglas. And I'm at alandouglasstudio.com. And I also started up a Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash Alan Douglas Studio. And uh, this is Mike Sass, and you can see my work at sassart.com. And I actually just started a Facebook fan page as well, and I don't even know what it's called because I haven't published it. It's just called Mike Sass Illustration, so you can find that from my blog or my website. And uh, you guys saw I had put that store envy store on that did you guys think that was pretty cool i I, yeah i did i I would definitely look into it once i finally get around to putting a store up but i need more things to sell i think yeah it's going to take a little bit of time to populate it um so interesting there's a site called store envy um i actually shout out i heard it from jeremy McHugh on uh the uh ninja mountain podcast checked it out and it's uh currently free and it's a store like etsy but the cool thing is that you can integrate it right into your facebook fan page so you get a store icon and landing page right in your facebook page um so i thought that was cool so that's um that's pushed me to make a uh, a facebook art and fan page for my for my career um rather than my personal connections and uh but you can set it up so the store actually looks like your actual site too right if you want um or your blog at least i think I'm, yes like I you can have that? a banner and you can have like a background texture um and change colors and whatnot it's not malleable in the sense of a lot of different layouts but in okay. terms of colors and stuff it works fine um, okay. so, so that's the cool thing is you can go from my blog to my Facebook page to my store and it's three completely different hosted websites, but it all has the same integrated look. Now it looks like you're on one site because I use the same banner on all three. So that's sort of why I started a Facebook page and redid my blog is because, um, in Facebook, you're forced to use like a white background, right? So I changed my blog to white and my store envy made it all the same graphic design look. So it looks contiguous and it looks like you're, you know, going through the same portal no matter, you know, which, which of those sites you're on. So I thought that was interesting and uh, people should look into store envy. Um, I don't expect to sell a lot of stuff on it, but you know, it, it's easier to open and do that than to, you know, redo my website and, you know, find a way to add a store to the website and manage that. It's just easier to have a third party doing it, especially if I can plug it in through Facebook anyways. Um, it, it seems pretty good. I don't see a downside at this point. Well, the only downside that I read about was just the uh, community store isn't built up like some of the other ones are, like Etsy. Um, if you're just trying to get people to stumble across your work. Um, but if you're promoting it and people are looking for specific things, I think it sounds pretty good. Yeah, I had found an article of somebody 
um, comparing Etsy, Store Envy, and one other, and uh, sent it out to you guys. And basically, the gist was Store Envy is is smaller, so you're not going to get um, you, you're not going to get people stumbling upon your work or searching for it. But it's free, and it's it's got very easy to use tools. So if you're bringing your own audience to the store, if they're finding it um, purposefully, then it works just fine. And and you know I don't expect I'm not selling you know five dollar pieces of jewelry that I'm mass producing. You know if if I have a a few thousand dollar paintings on my store, I'm not expecting anyone who isn't specifically looking and interested in that sort of item to you know, to search that out and, and purchase it from there. So I'm totally fine with it being, having that as a downside, the downside being, uh, you know, a little less popular of a, of a store and, uh, being free is cool. Although from what I read, you know, it seems like those things can change. They could monetize that at any time. Right. But, uh, I mean, there's so much competition. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of starting up one of these sites. It literally took me like two hours to make this store. So, and I'm pretty happy with it. All right. Well, continuing on, um, right now it's, uh, April, 2013. And, uh, I'm going to be in a couple of weeks going to the Calgary expo, uh, which I'll try to record some audio there. But, uh, at that time I got an invite for the, uh, graduating class show uh, for the uh, Alberta College of Art and Design, which is the college I went to. Um, they have a show downtown at like uh, Office Tower Atrium, and it's a you know the student portfolio show for the illustration graphic design graduating class. So I thought since I'm going to be right there, like a block away, I might walk over and. Uh, I was just thinking about, okay, I'm going back. I'm going to look at the portfolios of, you know, 40 fresh-faced graduating students. Now, what can I possibly say to these kids? What sort of advice do I have for them? You know, how, how should I prepare myself to, you know, impart any knowledge or wisdom I would have at this point? So that's going to be tough. Um, so I got you guys together to talk about this on the podcast today. Um, what advice would we give to graduating illustration students today? Um, maybe Alan, you could start off since, uh, you do instruct and, uh, you probably have a better finger on the pulse of, of trends or expectations for students today. So, uh, what do you guys think? What advice would you give? Um, well, let me let me tell you the a long way of saying a real quick bit of advice, and I'll tell you about the class that I'm currently teaching, because um, the way I teach it is actually kind of, from what I find, a little different. Um, so, among other things, over the last ten years, um, one of the classes I was actually able to create myself, and I based it a little bit similarly to the IMC, whereas you work on one fairly large painting for. Um, for a considerable length of time. So what the class is, is split it in half with half concept art. And then based on your concept art, you create this, all your designs in the concept art, you, you create your finished painting of a story or whatever. Um, but the reason I, I teach it a little differently is it's kind of, I really try to impart on them the fact that you need to self-manage your own projects, um, especially when the phone's not ringing, you know, um, upon graduation, uh, which is another thing I try to mention to them just to kind of give them a little dose of reality um, that there it probably will be slow when you first graduate. I mean, it's just the way the numbers play out. Um, so what I really instill in them is, is, first of all, try to hone that work ethic, create your own projects, how to self-manage a project, which some students have a real easy time with they take off they know okay this is my story these are the characters i need to design hey they need to be wearing this they need this kind of weapon I, they're going to be fighting this creature and they just take off and they know exactly what to do other students are so accustomed to um it might be a uh 
because of their other classes or whatever, but they're so accustomed to having to be told what is due when. Um, so don't get me wrong, I do have critique benchmarks throughout the quarter, but a lot of times students will ask me, so how many sketches are due the next class? You know, what do they have to look like? What level of finish, you know? And I basically respond to, with feedback based on what they bring to me, you know, if they're if they don't look finished enough and, and and put more work into anatomy, whatever the case may be, depending on the students weaknesses. Um, so I try to instill that work ethic. I try to instill the fact that you need to self manage your projects to first of all develop your portfolio after you graduate and to keep churning out work. Um, but what what I did this last quarter at the end of the quarter is I tried to really I told them the other reason you need to be able to self-manage your projects is in this day and age, you obviously have to become an entrepreneur, right? You have to have different work in different markets. Um, you have to be able to promote yourself to all those markets. You have to think of yourself as a business, as a brand. Um, so hopefully a little bit of that kind of rubs off on them and they start thinking of themselves as a business and just how much you have to work on your own to keep churning stuff out and to get better. Because when you graduate, your education doesn't stop, right? You have to, whether it's go to workshops, look online, look at tutorials, network, whatever it may be, you still have to keep developing and taking that next step forward. So, you know, whether that, whether the students take it or not, I don't know. Generally, the numbers kind of weed out the students that essentially don't love it enough to work hard enough. That's how. That's been my experience anyway. Um, that sounds really good, Alan. So it, I was going to ask a question, but it, I think you sort of answered it as to um, you teach one class, but um, their entire degree or their entire education, um, what are the sort of fields or expectations that, that the students have overall? Like is their portfolio geared and consisting towards generally trying to land jobs or generally being freelancers or I think the, being, where I, well, sorry, where being I, uh, like jacks of all trades or being very specific? How, how are the students um, I'm sure, prepared as a whole from, from the program? Yeah, I'm sure every school is different, but from where I am, it seems like there's so many different kinds of classes and they learn so many different disciplines and mediums and stuff like that, that upon graduation, most of them do have a portfolio that looks like a jack of all trades. Um, you know, in my class, I try to reiterate, try to get a little more focused, you know, um, you're, you're going to confuse art directors. You know, ultimately it's okay to have a couple styles, but you know, you have to have like an entire portfolio to support each style. So it's almost better to focus on one thing at first and see where that takes you. And then and then as you can work in other types of work, um, go that route as long as you want to do it and love it and stuff. And a lot of times you're, I don't know how about you guys feel, but my career just kind of, it's like a winding road, right? Like sometimes you go too far one way and then, then you're like, well, I better create these paintings so it brings me back this way, you know, and, and eventually you have a lot of different kinds of work that, like I said, hopefully they can apply to different types of markets and stuff. Um, I mean, I generally do publishing work, but I've done enough stuff that now I do some some middle grade reader stuff. You know, I do some. Um, well, that's actually mostly what I'm doing now, but, you know, the occasional advertising job, the occasional gaming thing, but. Um, so as far as their expectations go, one thing I was happy to learn recently is most students seemed, from my experience, most students obviously have grown up with this digital age and they're so used to digital painting and a lot of the classes they have to take are specifically digital. Um, but I was really happy to learn that a lot of the students don't, a lot of them just don't like digital. They'd rather get their hands dirty. Um, so I thought that was really interesting and uplifting to hear that in this day and age where they are so engrossed in digital that some of them aren't, some of them don't want to, some of them think digital is harder and takes longer. And of course, you know, I encourage all students to do as much traditional as they can, but. Mm -hmm. One of the important things that I think you've said that I think is maybe worth repeating or or emphasizing or is different than when I graduated is just that 
that real understanding that we're maybe at a time now where where things are really changing quite rapidly and and that focus and realization of having to be a, a flexible entrepreneur and somebody who um, who you know is driving their career and in, in uh, and mindful of you know of all the options available to them that seems that seems like a really great thing to hammer home to kids um, rather than say just saying okay we're all going to go get jobs now we're all going to go and have careers based on exactly what our uh, our assignments have prepared us to do yeah that'd probably be the one piece of advice i would like you said emphasize um you know there was a i'm sure in the early mid 90s if you wanted to come out of school and be nothing but a paperback cover artist doing traditional paintings. As long as you were good enough, you could do that. But I think you're right. Chimes have changed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just could, wondering, oh, go ahead, Mark. Well, what I was going to say was, I, I think it's definitely dependent on the school that a, a student is, is attending. But f- from my personal experience, when I was in art school, the, the program that I was in, they, it was, it was basically, teaching you how to, you know, manipulate the tools and mediums to create images. And the whole idea of marketing, you know, yourself and marketing your product and, you know, finding different niches and and places that, you know, you can sell yourself and your work, you know, in in a sense, too, was was totally left out. It, It was more focused on here's how you create it. Here's how you create an image. Um, here's a couple of different kind of images you can create, and then you graduate. So go ahead and make money. So it was it was kind of difficult from from my standpoint to actually have an understanding of all right. Well, now that I've learned these skills and I'm you know I'm creating these this portfolio and, and this work, well, what do I do with it? Where do I go? You know, how do I go about finding a job? And and who are the people who were are paying and and it was it, the school that I went to that was just totally lacking, um, and I'm not saying all schools are that way, but I I, I can definitely say that if a, a student is in a school that's that's mostly focused on you know the, the teaching of the creation of the art as opposed to the to the marketing uh, side of it like Alan was saying uh, that that's something that's going to kind of catch that student as, you know, they're going to be unaware of, of where to go and what to do and, and, and how to progress forward from that point. We're focusing on the practical aspects of the career, um, which are obviously the most important thing and, and are the facilitator to progressing, doing more work, which the doing aspect is is the Thing that empowers you to get better um, but what advice should we give illustrators uh, graduating illustration students as far as general improvement goes general skill development and uh, the betterment of themselves as an artist I think we would all agree that here's something I wanted to ask when you guys graduated from college comparing that to now um, out of a hundred percent, what percentage of your current practice and knowledge did you learn in school or did you know at that time? That, Alan? That's, I'm thinking. <laughs> that's hard to say. <laughs> I, def, I, I definitely learned most of what I know on the fly, in the field, making mistakes, um, you know, Donato graduated a year ahead of me at Syracuse and I moved down to New York right after I graduated. So I kind of used him as a little bit of a sponge and kind of went over to the studio and did a little painting in front of him and got critiques. And I think that's one of the main things that I would advise students to do is after you graduate is be part of a critique group at the very least. Hopefully you have artists in your area that you can physically meet with, but if not, at the very least, be part of an online group or whatever where you can post images get feedback uh, you know people you trust that have good criticism not not some not an ass pass 
ask Pat group. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's a great piece of advice, but do you have a percentage in mind of how much <sighs> did you learn in school is, is used today or how much did you know back then versus your 100% uh, cup of knowledge right now? Uh, I mean, school was definitely worth it. I, I, like I said, I learned most out of school, but I, you know, maybe 20% in school, which sounds low. I probably, it's, it sounds big to me. I mean, I agree. Big. School is worth it. It's, it's part it depends of the what school you go to though. So mm-hmm, exactly. And it depends how far removed you are from school. I mean, the yeah, further sorry. you are removed, the the more watered down and less important that initial knowledge might become. Right. And Mark, what do you 20 think? Years, so. uh, I'm going to probably put it at about 25% because uh, I, I had a, a very good base knowledge in, in college of basically how to, you know, manipulate materials and techniques for for applying paint and that type of thing, um, you know, that, that was honed through workshops and, and, you know, working with other artists, you know, both while I was going to school and after graduation, but the, the school that I went to had a very, very good foundation in, in that type of things. And that, that's, you know, that's the stuff that I still do today, uh, as far as, you know, your, your materials and how you work with them, how you apply them and and the different techniques and different things. So that's, that's not something that has changed for me. It's, it's all of the other portions that, um, I've learned out of school that, you know, college didn't do for me, but I I would say, you know, you, you may think that's a a higher number, you know, based on where you went, but for, for me, probably 25% Mm -hmm. of stuff that I learned in school is, is things that I would still use today. And for me, I graduated in 95, I think, and and uh, I was thinking I probably, out of my, out of my today's 100% um, portion of knowledge, I'm utilizing, I would say between 2 and 5% was learned in college. Because since then, I've taken, you know, probably at least five to eight very important fundamental workshops um learned obviously tons on the job learned tons of software you know learned every single picture is a is a learning opportunity you know every every year is a year's worth more experience it's it's just a massive amount of stuff that happens after school that I'm thinking it for me, it's two to 5%. So um, How, what kind of program? I went to a program to? that was a split of 50, 50 illustration and graphic design. And it was generally pre computer. We just learned the computer sort of the, the final year of college. Um, and it was editorial. So, um, very light in fundamental rendering and, realism and um composition all all concept yeah all decorative i would say so um whereas now my work is a hundred percent you know influenced by technology old masters painting you know things that are just um have deep wells of knowledge and in things that are you know take for you know many many years to get a grasp on so between two and five percent. So, the point of asking this question is, for any students listening, they may think you know they've got eight to fifteen pictures in their portfolio. They're relatively proud of some of them. They look sort of like professional stuff. There's an expectation, possibly, that they. Uh, are prepared and uh, you know are are fully advanced along the learning curve Um, and not to say that I didn't think anything different at the time but uh, hindsight now after 20 years um, I'm saying I only learned between two and five percent in school 
to what I apply to my practice today. So these students should look at their own knowledge base and skill set and fully realize that there's another, you know, 95% learning to come and that graduating is really just the beginning. Yeah, I try to tell them that. <laughs> I was following a conversation online today about someone uh, questioning, you know, is it even worth it to go to art school? Can't I just stay at home on my computer and do online stuff and and that sort of thing and converse with artists that way? And 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 I, you know, I I think I followed along a little bit, and my thought on that was, you can get to a certain point that way, but there's nothing like that one-on-one learning in the same physical space, watching somebody paint or even painting on your painting, um, to show you the ropes. Um, so Did at you the get very that least in college though, was that, was that part of your college experience? Oh yeah. I had a illustration. There was an illustration techniques class where they specifically showed you lots of ways to do stuff. And of course you can, and demos and stuff like that. So you can of course glean what you want out of each person's technique. And of course you'd get those students that just, essentially copy what the instructors do. Um, I never really did that, but you know, there's, I remember one of the instructors gave us an, an egg tempera demo, you know, which I don't know how many people use that anymore, but it was cool to see them do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a materials class and a lot of my, a couple of my instructors were not so much, they didn't focus on material things at all it was almost more motivation and what are you trying to say with the piece and what story are you trying to tell and and i kind of come at it a little bit from that angle where yes i do tell you how to mix paint this is flesh tones reflected light bouncing off this all a lot of the a lot of the specific things but i also want um to kind of just emphasize how to compose a picture you know how to basically how to make a good image right um i don't really want to teach this is how you use Corel Painter because you can do that. You can get a tutorial online and it'll show you how to do that. If you can paint, you can do use Corel Painter. So I think it's more important to like know how to make a construct a good image and have a foundation of preliminary work. Um, one thing I've noticed with students a lot is, and I don't know why this is, but they don't like to draw. Mm. It's like it's like we need to see a sketch. I need to see a sketch. No, you know, and a lot of them just jump the paint. It's like I want to figure it out as I go, and I'm like. You want to be an illustrator? Yeah. You have to submit a sketch <laughs> for approval. Mm-hmm. And it has to look like that sketch. And I, I try to drill that into them too. Like if you want to be a commercial illustrator, that's what a lot of it is about. Yeah, I suppose there are some exceptions, but that's I, generally I, how it works. I want to jump in there and say I think that's a really great point. Like I, I didn't even I didn't even get into those good habits of having really solid sketches until, you know, until I had been a a working pro for quite a while. Um, but just having gone through the painful process of, you know, changing colors on things and proportions, like when the image is 80% done is just a totally bad way to go about things. Um, you know, what, what I've really come to the realization of is, is the illustration and the painting is, is merely just the execution. Like there is no, answering of questions at that point there is no experimentation you know especially in in physical paint and oil paint you know it's it's all about just applying the paint at that point you're you're laying it down and you're you're going through the labor process but the sketches you know the sketches is everything the sketches is the composition and the painting is the performance of the composition yeah, and you can't you can't deviate, right? Because the client will be up. I mean, you could deviate for the better, but the client doesn't want you to risk that. Well, exactly. Yeah. And also, I think what's going on is is focusing on sketches and drawing, is is uh, forcing people to fundamentally deal with a skill set and and not mm-hmm. have the ability to hide it, and uh, you know, those thumbnails. So I, I think we're kind of we're getting into now what advice would you give to graduating students and the next bit was so you've graduated congratulations you now have two to five percent of your knowledge base that you will 20 years from now here's the things you should work on you know 
the day after you graduate and the day after that and the day after that things that may not have been totally hammered home yet things that you may not realize for a couple of years are going to hold you back so can we have some ideas for really the building blocks that you know we all wish we would have worked harder on in our past and that are fundamental in our day-to-day -day practice 20 years later how about you mark <laughs> oh, everything everything every, everything yes um fundamental in my day-to-day -day art that i wish i would have learned in school 20 years ago is that is that the question no that that you probably hadn't mastered back then and you know wished you would have had clarity that these are the things going forward that are going to be critical well sp speaking of you know your your last topic that you were just talking about and you know sketches and, and composition um, I, I know that I had learned a lot of things in school about creating an image and one of the things that I think was a benefit to me was that while I was still going to school uh, I had taken the, the first IMC class you know with with Donato and you know that those group of uh, people who run that and in, in the in the summertime during you know in between my classes and what I had learned quickly from that week workshop was how weak my ability was to actually compose a good image you know I could I could paint a figure or I could you know I can paint a, a landscape you know in, in you know, in solitude, you know, in and of itself, but to, to actually compose an image that, you know, that supports a narrative and, you know, speaks to a viewer and, and conveys a message, you know, in a certain way, in a, in a certain manner, um, that was definitely a, a skill that was lacking in my, in my training in college. And, to this day, it you know, the composition for me is one of the things that I can't move to a finished piece unless I've straightened out all of the compositional bits and bobbles, because it just it causes me so much trouble, you know, at the at the end points trying to resolve all of these e even little things that I, I think that oh well you know, uh, I got my basic composition down here I can fix that in the end. Um, some, sometimes, sometimes the littlest things that you, you know, you don't even think, eh, that's not going to cause me a problem. You get to the end and you go, wow, man, this is a problem. <laughs> How do I fix this? Because now that I fixed it, it's throwing off everything else that I was doing. I always so, tell students, if you know it could be better, then make it better. Right. Exactly. Even if you have to go back and change it all. And, and who wants to go back and change it all when you're, you know, when you're 75% done or what you perceive as 75% done. So you should be uh, in the rough stage for a long time, I think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hammering out those compositional, you know, thumbnails and, and getting that, you know, get, getting as, as complete a composition as you can, as early as you can, you know, is something that I still use every day and I still focus on getting better at because even though you know I feel like each each picture that I, I make is a better expression of my compositional abilities I still look at you know the compositions I do create and think this could be better this really could be I can't see right now how to make it better but I know it could be better and it's it's something that I continue to work on um, I don't know if that's the kind of thing like you were looking for I also try to tell students that a lot of them get discouraged very easily if things don't come easy to them, but you try to remind them that there's always going to be people better than you. You know, you may be better than a lot of people too, but don't get yourself discouraged if you see great work and people getting accolades and whatever, um, you know, use it to fuel your inspiration. But, yeah. Surround yourself with those better people because it will always yeah. push, you know, push you to try to do, more and better than you're doing now just because of you know your surroundings and your peers yeah. yep and that goes back to a crick group and all that stuff mm -hmm. 
I think one of my pieces of advice would be, um, okay, with a, with a prior understanding now that it's just going to take a long time um, until you reach a point of really hitting your stride and, and knowing exactly what you're doing and, and being a, a pro with, with uh, you know, proper working machinery, get yourself into a position um, where you can just do it all the time, where you can practice all the time. I think pursuing doing art full time, you know, it's, it's going to be painful, probably financially. It's going to be difficult to secure the job, but um, the more you're doing, the more you're going to learn. Um, so I think there's a little more to it than just doing though. Cause you mentioned regrets earlier or something about earlier in your career. And the, my one regret is after I about six months after I graduated, I was down in New York and I was lucky enough to get a part-time job at the society of illustrators, which was perfect. It was fantastic being surrounded by all that art. I could see what level my work had to get to, but I became a little complacent because I had that income coming in on a regular basis and I was doing freelance at the same time. I was lucky enough to hook up this one magazine that kept giving me pretty consistent work. But there was nothing pushing me. There was nothing driving me to get substantially better, and I got complacent for a while. So I can only – I look back on it now, and I just wonder where I would have been if I just pushed myself harder Are we saying, in those early years. Are we saying I like a, a really good ingredient then is to have like high-level models in front of you? So – by going, say, to the illustration masterclass or conventions um, where there's people just slightly ahead of you in the game and and you can see that, yes, they're ahead, but not, you know, it's not such an unrealistic goal to have. You know, they're, they're real, normal people just like me. And uh, maybe they've just put in a bit more effort or slightly older or have a few different ingredients in, in their life. But uh, I think having having different perspectives is really important. Um, one thing – That's one good thing about going to a school with different professors because they all have different opinions and different different ways of thinking. You know, some people like are kind of more, more of the specialist mindset like I'd say I am. Some are more of the jack-of-all-trades. Um, but you get a lot of – you know, if you have eight different instructors – they're all going to have eight different opinions, you know. But I'm saying perspective from from different places too. Like, you know, get out of your college and uh, go take a workshop. You know, if if you went right. to some, you know, academic painting school in Russia or China, you know, you'd see a completely different mindset and work ethic and and probably skill and quality level, and uh, and I think those things empower people to to break out of their preconceptions of of their limitations or their expectations of of where they should be um, I think a lot of people are self-limiting based on their um, their understanding you know if if you're the best person in your class you know you think you're awesome right and you have no idea if your class is really exceptional or you know if if that work, how that work really relates on the bigger stage. Well, I definitely think you have to surround yourself with different, uh, different artists, different experiences, different sets of values as far as, you know, reasons for, for creating art, you know, different levels of, of art. Uh, like I said, you know, when, when I went to, to art school, I was one of the few adult students with, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds, and they were interested in, in creating art in a lot of cases, but they were also just as interested in, you know, going out drinking and partying and whatever else. And, and, uh, you know, so it wasn't really hard with a, you know, a mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm going back to school because I want to, uh, because, and I'm paying for it and I want to get the most out of it that I possibly can. You know, with with going in that mindset, it's not wasn't really hard to, um, you know, rise to the top of, of the student body as far as you know uh, abilities and and work that was being put out. Uh, so it would have been really easy to be complacent, uh, you know, in that in that uh, environment. Yet going to 
someplace like the Society of Illustrators, like Alan mentioned, and seeing some of these workshops that they put on from, you know, your your top quality, you know, and high caliber, you know, illustrators and people in the industry, and watching what they're doing, you know, in the same way that what you're doing, yet yeah, it's just so, you know, leaps ahead of where you are. It, it's humbling, um, and does make you want it to to try something different or more, or put more time in or, or more effort or, you know, try something different that you may not have done before, a different technique. Uh, so I, I do think that is very important from my perspective. So maybe uh, kids graduating, they've been in a class with maybe, you know, the same 30 people for three years or something. It, we're saying it's important that now they get out, take a couple workshops um, spread their wings a bit and really, you know, really get some different perspectives um, rather than just having a, a mindset and a worldview that's that's created and, and honed in, in one little place. Um, what other sort of what other sort of actual physical advice can we give for people to to work on um, things to practice that are that are skills and in actions. Life drawing sessions, obviously. <clears throat> Keeping a sketchbook, always drawing, that sort of stuff. Study your anatomy. Um, draw, draw, draw. I had a few animation students in some of my classes, and they, they tend to be some of the better draftsmen just because I think they draw more. Mm -hmm. I think I keep drawing the same characters over and over. So, um, also, market research. Determine what is, is selling in the market, what is marketable. Um, you know, go to your bookstores if you're if you're looking to do book covers. Uh, you know, go to go to uh, comic conventions if you're looking into being you know into being a, a comic artist and talk to some of these guys that are in Artist Alley. Um, you know, I just did a, a a comic convention in Orlando a couple weeks ago, and I had a, a whole bunch of uh, students, you know, younger uh, artists coming up to me and you know, appreciating the work that I had on display and, and, you know, asking me all kinds of questions and, you know, what do I do about this and how do I, you know, how did I get here? Or how did I manage this type of thing? Or, you know, why did I make this decision? Um, so that's the type of thing that, you know, can really help give you a, a lot more information in some of the decisions and choices you're going to have to make moving forward. That kind of reminds me of another point as far as workshops and conventions and going to shows is you have to invest a lot of money into your art to get better, to make mm -hmm. contacts, to promote yourself. I mean, whether it's buying mailing lists or even if you do a more targeted approach, you got to make prints and send them out or make books or whatever. You got to, you got to invest a lot of money into it in order to get something out of it eventually. Um, you know, I know as students that they have, they're used to like using the lower grade paints and stuff. And I never thought it would have been a big deal until I, I, I'm not getting used to using them, but I've used them a number of times lately. And, uh, there's definitely a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, things to work on. I think I, I completely agree with both of you guys, Mark, in terms of just composition, like solving your problems with two and three values and, you know, in a two, two square inch form in a pencil, you know, before you really start rendering or think you have the image solved. It, it really just basic fundamentals. Um, I, it must just be so hard to teach kids that though, because it's such a, it's a real discipline based thing to, to not progress to making the image to just, you know, sit in the composing stage for a long time. Yeah. Um, There's so ways to do it. You can requ you can require a certain amount of thumbnails and stuff too, but it's it's hard to instill that when the real answer is you do as many thumbnails as it takes. Exactly. Right? But I try to tell them like, okay, even if you come up with something great and nail it in the early stage, do a lot more. You might come up with something better, and if you don't, you can always go back to that one that that spoke to you. You know. Um, but yeah, they generally do not explore enough in that composition stage. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so what other sort of advice would we give to graduating students? Um, I think one of the fundamental important things that we're sort of talking about is just 
how long it takes and, and that you're really just at the beginning of learning when you graduate. Um, and I think dovetailing to that is just um, you don't really know what's going to happen in the future. You don't really know where you're going to end up. The market will change. You will change. Um, so that fundamentals are really the only thing you can bank on. Fundamentals are never going to change. You know, the application of those fundamentals, the technology, all those things may shift, but an image is an image. You know, uh, the compositional laws and, and the, the fact that, you know, figures need to be in proportion or all those things are fundamentals. So um, these are the things that students who have graduated, you know, can put their faith into a certain degree. Um, one thing that I think, you know, just a, another random thing is I think students should, students should always go for like the ultimate quality they can achieve. I think right now, you know, we see a lot of speed painting or, you know, uh, concept art or illustration that's based on, um, let's just say, you know, a, a minimal of rendering or whatever. But I think it's important early in an artist's career to um, produce some works that are very slow and have a very high rendering quality, um, whether it be some portraits or um, some very, very detailed pencil illustrations, um, just to develop patience and develop an understanding with how far they can take things and uh, and the nuances that happen when you do that the the difference is that you know uh, a third of a millimeter can make you know when you're painting a, a tiny face um, I don't know if what I'm saying is coming across no but... I, I completely agree with you and it's partly that's one of the reasons I partly set up that class I was speaking of earlier the way I did is I know a lot of the other illustration classes you know you have a sketch due one week, the finish is due the next week. Sketch, finish, get, you know, maybe there's a three-week project in there, I don't know. But, and with all their classes, they don't have a time to work on one painting for, okay, a student's time is broken up, but say you need to put 60 hours into a painting. They don't get it otherwise. Um, and generally, no students ever finish a painting in my class, which is funny because there's always something that could be better, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and a lot of students don't have patience. And I spoke earlier about why they just they, a lot of them just want to jump to paint. Um, but even once they're in the painting process, a lot of them don't have the patience to to render it out because mm -hmm. there's really no. Not that I make them do realism. I I kind of push them whatever direction they want to go. But but let's face it, if you especially for sci-fi fantasy, realism is pretty key. Um, and it takes a lot of patience. There's no shortcut to, to painting it out. And if, and if you do use a shortcut, especially digitally, it, it looks like just that, a shortcut. Mm -hmm. and, and that's developing a sort of hardware in the student, a, uh, a facility that is independent of, of technology and style. You're developing general patience or general... Um, motor skills control or general um, the general ability to see small nuances and things and, and qualify things um, yeah, you know it's not flashy and a skin tone and exactly. stuff like that and, and uh, yeah and not only that it's good to, it's good for them to just know how long it takes to do something you know if, if a visiting artist comes they come bring a bunch of originals or, or maybe they'll do a little drawing demo they still don't get a sense of how long it takes to like paint an entire figure you know, and then you have a composition with six or seven figures and, and you know, it just takes six times as long usually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they, they don't have a concept of that until they try to do it. And know? my point is, yeah, that that and that's all stuff you you carry through your career as, oh, yeah. as skills that are independent on what happens in the market. You yeah. know, uh, if you spend all your time learning software or developing a portfolio that goes out of style. Um, you know, you can have to start from square one, you know, with these skills that you don't have anymore. 
um, I can imagine people that have, you know, based their entire careers on, you know, being awesome at an airbrush or, you know, uh, being awesome at PageMaker 3 or, you know, whatever, you know, Lightwave, you know, programs people probably aren't even aware used to be standards in the industry. You know what I'm talking about? PageMaker 3. Yeah. Well, most airbrush guys probably do a lot of their stuff digitally now, I would imagine. I don't know. I guess it depends on what market you're in, too. I mean, there's, you know, if you want a cool image painted on the gas tank of a motorcycle, you probably still have to break out the airbrush, you know? Mm-hmm. I had a local guy try to get me into that market recently. It's like, you should do that. Yeah. It... And maybe I should. It probably makes more money. <laughs> but. I don't know, just something that doesn't interest me. And that's another thing I try to tell the students is don't forget art is fun and to do what you love. Mm-hmm. You know, market research is great, but don't don't target a market that you're not going to be happy in, you know. So really give that some consideration as well. That's a big and, one. And that actually falls in line with I have, uh, you know, one last anecdote. Uh, I had a girl who's actually graduating this year contact me on Facebook, um, I think simply because I think she just she lives up the street here. Um, she noticed we were in the same town and, uh, and she was asking me, she's like, so I want your, can I get your advice on, you know, what to do now that I'm going to graduate? I'm like, okay, well, what's your question? She's like, well, I, I had a, like a dual major, you know, for uh, graphic design and illustration. And I kind of like them both equally, but I don't know which one I should pursue. She's like, you know. I don't want, you know, I want to be able to make some money at it, uh, and I want to also be able to, you know, make whatever work I want to make, you know, that's my original work, you know, and be able to work on it, you know, the way I want to work on it. I said, well, then maybe you should be the graphic designer and not an illustrator. (laughs) I said, because if, you know, if you're, if if the top of your list is to um, make money, and to be able to work on whatever you want to work on, you know, from an illustration standpoint, you know, the way you want to work on it, well, then maybe you should spend your day job doing graphic design, which you said you love equally to illustration, and spend your free time making, you know, your illustration work whatever way you want it to look, and then just find a way to market it. Uh, because if, if illustration and commercial illustration isn't your first love, you're probably not going to do it as well as the other hundreds of people that are graduating that are, you know, just loving it to death. From what you described, it doesn't even sound like illustration, though. I mean, illustration is a collaborative process, and it's the cl- you're fulfilling the client's needs, and if you just want to do whatever you want to do, I mean, maybe maybe it's just the way you phrased it. I don't know. But- I think you brought up a real good point, Mark, and something that I've sort of been thinking about and struggled with how do you give advice to people that, you know, you're going to see some students that really are, are far behind the curve and far behind their peers. You're going to see people that have um, students that have really, really unrealistic expectations or are unprepared. Um, how, how do you give advice to these groups of people to, you know, in a class of 40 students, you know, statistics say you know maybe two of them will make a career doing this how do we advise how do we advise the 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 38 other students do we the way i look at it is they may be behind now but if they truly love it they're going to keep doing it the more they do it the better they'll get and eventually they'll be up to a professional level and having that go-getter attitude and a good work ethic and what Largely, a, a big reason people get repetitive work is because you're easy to work with. You're a good guy. Um, you know, if you deliver professional level, I mean, obviously it has to be pretty good work. It doesn't have to be top of the field, but um, you know, a lot of art directors will go to the person they know will fulfill the job and fulfill it on time, um, so they don't have to worry about their own jobs. Um, so that's generally how I look at it. So I think that's a good answer. I'm not. Yeah, I don't discourage them like, well, you don't belong here. You don't, you know, you're not good enough. You know, I never say anything like that. It's all. When I. uh, Try to just encourage them as best you can. I think that's a really good answer because my anecdote is um, 
you know, I, I said already, I ninety eight percent of what I do I learned after college. So very early on, I realized that it's really about the person and the motivation and the work ethic. And uh, I was involved in the hiring of a lot of artists at Bioware in the early days. And I, I always did my hiring not on not on the portfolio, which is sort of, it's irrelevant in the sense of a portfolio doesn't really tell an employer if that person has, um, has the ability to be flexible in a long-term employment situation and, and ultimately successful. A portfolio may prove that you can do one skill set, um, one thing with a good aptitude, but it, it, it doesn't say as much about the person as, as other things. So I did my hiring based on um, basically work ethic and professionalism and attitude. And uh, I was right time and time again, like all the, all the guys that I hired based on those attributes eventually were very successful. And, you know, maybe they became art directors, you know, maybe they became things that were, you know, completely different than their original attention intention. But, um, but nevertheless, it was a path that was successful. And I have seen guys that were more focused that didn't have that drive that, you know, right out of the gate were impressive, but sort of fizzled over time. Um, so I, I've seen that for 15 years, um, working at, at Bioware, um, really in the end, like you're saying is, is time is the thing that, that is, you know, the, the determiner and, and what you have going into your, what you have, you know, is, is general motivation and general professional, personal attitudes drive everything. Um, so that's a great answer. And I, I see that as an instructor too, right? Because a lot of – nothing bothers me more than when I have a student who I know is really good and they turn in something subpar, that – it just bothers me because it just – either they're just blown off my class for something else or they just didn't care that time. You know what I mean? So it's it's like that – inconsistent work ethic um, where, you know, sometimes I'll have students that generally aren't as good, but they always, every assignment put forth a effort, you know? Um, and that's what popped up. The kids that are in, that are good, but inconsistent, do they think they know it already? And perhaps, you know, comparing themselves to their classmates are these, is the attitude that maybe because they're ahead, that they sort of coast a bit and then the kids that are behind have that constant motivation because they know they're behind. I think there's some of that. Some of it is the kids that are good that for one re for whatever reason, don't do as well on an assignment. Sometimes it's just, you know, if you got six classes going on you, and there's only so much time, you really do have to put your hours into what you want to put your hours into. Right. Um, so, when I see that their grade in my class will suffer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're overall a bad student and won't be a good professional. It just means that they chose my, something other than my class that day, you know, to work, mm -hmm. put their efforts into. Uh, but sometimes it is a little bit of that where they um, don't, um, you know, they're just inconsistent or whatever. Okay. Well, uh, good discussion guys. Hopefully, if this podcast makes it out and some freshly graduated students give it a listen, it'll uh, it'll give them some good advice to just, you know, keep with that workmanlike attitude, work on the fundamentals, um, and have just a, a long term a long term view to things. Um, yeah. One last thing I remember, and when I was in school, my instructors, one of my instructors told me, yeah, it'll probably take you five years to get established. And, mm. and I was one of the better ones in my class. So I kind of thought, yeah, you know, I was a little cocky. I probably was like, yeah, right, whatever. Um, you know, these days it probably takes even longer than that, you know, it takes mm -hmm. a long time. So, and a lot of times you make the mistake as a student of comparing yourself to other students, but you can't do that at all. Sorry to interrupt you there. Oh, no, no problem. <laughs> Any uh, final words, Mark? 
No, I got nothing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> okay, Alan, why don't you sign off with your PR bit? Um, <clears throat> find my work at alandouglasstudio.com or head on over to the Facebook page, which is kind of like my blog, I guess. Facebook.com, Alan Douglas Studio. And Mark? And again, you can find uh, a bunch of my stuff and updates and blog stuff at uh, Art of Mark Harchar uh, on Facebook. Uh, also at MarkHarchar.com on the internets. All right. And uh, I'm Mike Sass at SassArt.com, SassArt.blogspot.com. And I think Mike Sass illustration on Facebook. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Drawn Today podcast. The music for this episode was brought to you by Pickface. Make sure to like our Facebook page to get updates when future episodes are released. And remember to draw every day. Thank you.